Our Dirty Napkin special series continues celebrating women and their big impact in our communities. Our next guest is focused on economic and racial inequality, creating the first of its kind program focused on black mothers and ending the family cycle of poverty. The person behind making real change, Aisha Yandoro. The table is set, now let's get some napkins dirty. Ezra Brown. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a musician. I'm an artist, humanitarian, revolutionary. Soleil uh, is French African. Um, I remember spending some time in Dakar, Senegal, and uh, I was trying to learn Wolof. And it kind of inspired me um, to, to really have a get in touch with more of my French, you know, my West African, West African cast. And they have a drink called a tire. It's like, it's on every corner. So it's like the Starbucks of Africa kind of, kind of joint. But that inspired me to actually open my own shop. And then we ended up calling the place Soleil. And Soleil actually means God about a son. But it also means, uh, in French slang, drunken. Coffee is the, coffee is black, number one. Um, it's, it's our one commodity that we let go of that we never got back from, you know what I mean? So it's the one thing that we can still learn from and still gain wealth. Uh, we're talking about generational wealth. You know, we can start building a legacy on something that we've been growing for years, for ages, for generations. As far as my community and black and brown communities, we want to actually regain the things that we've been growing. Growing from the dirt, we've been from the dirt, been getting it in. We've been building buildings, we've been building skyscrapers. You know, we've been, you know, silicon chips. We've been doing the whole thing. So right now, instead of trying to be the CEO, build your own company. And that's what we're trying to build, what we buy. Our signature item is first thing is customization. Number one, we're a social enterprise. So the main concept and the main reason why everything is set up the way it is, is to empower self. We're not here for you to do what I want you to do. We want you to do what you want to do. You know, if you want 23, 25, 26 inch rims, don't let your mama and your cousin tell you don't get it. Save your money, change your life. We want to empower you to actually design rims, you know what I'm saying? Get in touch with that joint, you know? Figure out what metal you need to have, you know what I'm saying? Maybe you need to find a different metal. But then you own the, you own the rim company. You can find us definitely at uh, SoleilCoffee.com, Facebook, Instagram, everything. Soleil Coffee, Soleil Coffee JXN. I had a, a, a millionaire came in here yesterday. He said he forgot his car in his, he forgot his card in his car. I paid for his drink. So how does that make him any difference than a homeless guy? So what we're trying to say is, we're here to evil the playing ground. You know what I'm saying? You gotta look at me like you're gonna look at anybody else. And we're gonna make this life beautiful. Aisha, thank you for joining us here at Dirty Napkins. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we're excited to learn more about you and the Magnolia Mothers Trust. Tell me a little bit more about it. Yeah, the Magnolia Mothers Trust, I always tell individuals, is my third child. Um, it is the first guaranteed income project in this country, and it's the first to center the needs of extremely low-income Black mothers into the conversation of equity, specifically financial equity. It provides $1,000 a month for 12 months, no strings attached, to Black mothers that live in federally subsidized affordable housing. We started the project in 2018. 
2019. And since we launched, we have supported over 320 women with the guaranteed income, as well as providing a children's savings accounts for their kids. So we are investing in the future of our moms right now, but then also helping them invest in the future of their kids as well. Awesome. And so what's unique also about this is that you actually launched this program uh, a year before COVID? You know, it's a couple of different unique things about it. Um, the year before COVID launch is really just one of the serendipitous blessings. What is unique truly about the Magnolia Mothers Trust is that we were very intentional about changing the narrative on how we talk about poverty and specifically changing the narrative on how we talk about poverty and deservedness as it relates to Black women. So when we started this work in 2018, we were intentional in saying that this work is supporting Black women, Black mothers that are financially vulnerable. And the reason that we are focusing on this population is because unfortunately in this country, our systems and policies make this population the most financially insecure. And so what type of security do you feel like this brings the mothers here? Cash, period. <laughs> um, you can't get any more secure than cash. And it is cash without restriction. So it's $1,000 a month. 12 months is $12,000. When we are talking about the families that we work with through the organization that I lead Springboard to Opportunities, $12,000 is a life-changing amount of money. For a lot of us, we look at it as frivolous and we don't see it as life-changing. But for the women that we work with who are making $7.25 an hour, $12,000 is actually doubling their income. So the security that we are providing is cash without restrictions. There's no punitive aspect. They don't have to prove that they deserve it. They don't have to tell us how they're spending it, it's cash without restrictions. So that in and of itself is the security that we're providing. Now, this program is getting a lot of media attention, not just here in the community, but nationally as well. So how do you feel this is changing the face of how folks view low-income yeah. families? You know, I think it's still a lot to be done. So thank you for that question. I think, so you're right. This project, when we started, we were the first guaranteed income project. And the ideal of guaranteed income really was still a novel ideal in the context of this country. There are now over 100 guaranteed income programs being launched or have launched in various entities um, throughout the United States. And all of that traces back to the work that we've started here um, in Mississippi with the Magnolia Mothers Trust. So we have come a long way in changing how we talk about cash and cash without restrictions, but we still have a long way in to go as it relates to sp specifically to how we talk about poverty. We still see poverty as a moral failing. We don't recognize that individuals are poor because of the systematic policies that we allow to be put in place. And because of that, we still have a lot to do as it relates to changing the narrative on poverty. Wow. Now, besides the financial benefit, um, what is the um, invaluable effects that you feel like these women are getting from this program? Um, that's an interesting question. And uh, I think the invaluable impact or effect that they're getting from this program is quite frankly, their dignity and their agency. We are saying that we trust you and that you know better than anyone what it is that you need for yourself and your family. We are not saying that it's a voucher. It's not a subsidy. They don't have to do the labor of doing all of this extra paperwork. So the value that they are also receiving is just their dignity. And it's beautiful. We have seen the women that we have worked with over the years talk 
talk about not only the impact that the cash has re- provided in that moment, but how beyond the Magnolia Mothers Trust, when that year is over, how they continue to benefit from just um, being able to dream and not just for themselves, but dream for their kids as well. So the lasting effect of the work is multiplied. And I think it's much deeper than we even realize because, you know, I tell folks all the time, the Magnolia Mothers Trust, the least sexy part that we do is the cash. Yeah, you know, that's important. We recognize that families need the financial security, but it is something about not living a life in scarcity that is immeasurable. And so the seed that we're able to sow, we're still haven't seen what will be bloom or what will manifest from a lot that these women would be able to accomplish because of the financial investment that we provided in their lives. What's been interesting um, in learning more about Magnolia Mother's Trust is watching how you guys have brought the stories alive and painting the picture. Um, Tell me more about uh, the stories that these women are um, really bringing, helping to bring the story home. Yeah. Thank you for that. So with us, you know, I always say that we have to change the narrative by changing the narrator. So many times when we talk about poverty, we actually don't allow the individuals whose narrative that is to be included. So we have been very intentional in allowing the women that we work with, if they are interested in sharing their stories, whatever those stories may be, because they all have a story and they're all beautiful. And so we have allowed moms to really talk about what it means to be a mom and black and financially struggling in this country and not just show the struggle aspect of it, but also the beautiful parts of it, what it means to be a mom and love your kids and want the same thing for your kids as I want for my kids. So all of those stories we allow to be um, demonstrated. We've had a longstanding partnership with Ms. Magazine where once a month, our moms are able to write an op-ed that's featured. Um, I know that's it's beautiful. That's featured um, on their website and in their magazine. And all of those pieces really are just allowing us to chip away with the limited understanding that the mainstream of the most of society actually has about poverty. I still am always amazed that so many of us get to hide behind not knowing what poverty looks like. At this point, I'm like, you know, if you truly don't understand what it means to be poor in this country, let's just willful ignorance. But there are still so many individuals who don't quite understand what it truly means to be financially vulnerable. And so allowing just a small snapshot into those lives and helping individuals understand that these are women, working women, um, just trying to make ends meet has gone a long way in helping individuals have a clear understanding. It is really unique to be able to read their stories and to see um, that some of these are just mothers that they had a job and lost their job because they don't have a, a, a car and now they're able to buy a car or now they're able to save because they want to buy a house and, you know, change their housing. So uh, it's been just beautiful watching how you guys have painted this story and just Well, it's it not to us. Life. It's really the moms painting the story. And it's the beauty of it all is it's... Uh, That's the reality of it. You know, we have these uh, different narratives that we tell ourselves about poor folks, uh, that individuals don't want to work or that individuals like having subsidies or vouchers or all of those pieces. None of that's true. That's a lie that we tell ourselves for convenience. And we tell ourselves that for convenience because it absolves us of our guilt of actually changing the systems. But just like you said, these are just moms who are working and they may not be able to get to work because their car broke down and they don't have the financial capital to get the car repaired. Or as moms dreaming about going on vacation and not vacation to Paris or somewhere luxurious like that, going 
going to the coast three hours away and seeing the beach for the first time. So it's really putting a face um, and demystifying what so many of us have allowed to be complicated for so long. Well, we can't wait to get back to this because I want to learn more about you and why you have started this. Um, but we're going to take a quick break. All right. Thank we'll you. be right back. Welcome back. We have Aisha joining us here from Magnolia Mothers Trust and uh, just just a wealth of knowledge on this program, uh, such a wonderful program for our community. Tell me what all this passion for black mothers, where did it come from? Um, so I really take my role as a leader. Um, trying to see how to answer that question. I really truly feel that those of us who are fortunate enough to be in leadership positions really have to actually lead and do what's called of us. And so in my position as the chief executive officer of Springboard Opportunities, I don't take lightly that I am called to lead that organization. And in leading that organization, I am called to be an advocate for the families that we work for. And so the Magnolia Mothers Trust actually really came about as the brainchild of the women that we work with. So in 2017, I became concerned that in spite of all the programs and services that Springboard was providing as an organization, we were not moving the needle on poverty. And what that means specifically is that we were not seeing families move out of affordable housing and into market rate or home ownership. And the reason that mattered is because for our families, that's what they wanted. And we're an organization that's radically resident driven. And so what that means is that we pride ourselves on providing programs, services, and activities that our families want in order to help them advance in life, school, and work. And we were missing the mark on that. And so since we really do pride ourselves on having feedback loops and being in relationship with community, we went out and we asked our moms, our families, what is it that we're missing? And every conversation that we heard from the women that we work with was something that could be resolved with a small financial investment. They weren't asking us for another program. They weren't asking us to solve anything. They were just sharing their stories. I remember one mom talking about how she was stressed because her daughter had made the cheerleading squad and she didn't have the $175 for the uniform. And another mother talking about how she always felt bad on Friday because she had to borrow money from her mom in order to have peace at night with her kids. And so that really led me to thinking like, OK, everything that they're saying they need is something that can be resolved with cash and not a lot of money. We we're talking about a relatively small amount of money. So we really start saying, OK, what would it look like to just give people money? And this is 2017. There wasn't a blueprint. Um, there was a blueprint as it relates to internationally. So the ideal of microfinance and universal basic income had been tried um, in other places, but there wasn't a blueprint for what it could look like in the context of the United States. And so we really just started saying, okay, what would this look like if we did this? And in partnership with our moms, they showed up and dreamt alongside us. At the time, we didn't have the money. We didn't have a name. We didn't have any of those pieces, but we really did just say, if we were to provide y'all with the financial support that you needed to live your best life, what would that look like? And that's where the Magnolia Mothers Trust comes from. And so to answer your question, though, where does my passion um, come from as it relates to this work? I truly do believe that to whom much is given, much is required. I understand that the only reason my family is still not dirt poor in the Mississippi Delta is because of prayers that were prayed by others that aren't even here. And so I am truly blessed to have positional power. And I believe that I have to use that positional power to impact change and affect change within my community. And you said that there wasn't a blueprint for this. 
Um, but there are now more programs like this. There are lots of blueprints. Yeah, <laughs> yeah welcome. <laughs> now, why do you think that we weren't seeing this before? Oh, I don't think I know. Um, in this country, we just really have an idea that we know best what individuals' needs are, especially as it relates to our social safety net programs. We just did, cannot um, divorce ourselves from the idea that we have to tell people what to do with their money. And we cannot divorce ourselves from this ideal of deservedness. And also this idea that people are poor because they want to be poor, like I said earlier, which isn't true. And so we have built an entire social safety net that is, um, built on uh, punitive aspects and the individuals actually having to prove that they are poor enough uh, or jump through all of these hoops in order to go about receiving services and benefits. And so that's why we had not seen this done prior to 2018 in this country. What other programs or what else would you like to see happen um, with this program? You know, so actually... As it relates to the Magnolia Mothers Trust, I don't have a lot more that I would like to see done. We are doing all the things. Um, we have been truly successful in changing the narrative or getting to the place where we're changing the narrative of supporting the women that we work with. What I would like to see is change at the federal level. I would like to see cash-based policies be implemented so where we can actually make sure that the millions of families that are financially vulnerable within this country receive the resources that they need that could look like permanency as it relates to the child tax credit, which we saw implemented um, in 2022, where the majority of this country that have kids actually received a guaranteed income for six months. And we saw in real time the impact of the child tax credit. So when that was implemented for six months, we cut child poverty in half in six months. We had not moved the needle on poverty in over 40 years in this country. But by giving families uh, the resources that they need with no strings attached, we were able to move the needle on poverty. And so I would like to see federal action as it relates to cash-based policies. So this is what I dream about. That's still what we're working towards. I do not want state regulation as it relates to cash-based policies. We've seen what that happens, um, what happens when states are involved. So I would like permanency as it relates to better cash-based policies. What can other people do and other families do uh, to get involved in something like this? You know... I think what other individuals can do, quite frankly, is to have some hard conversations with yourself about what you think about poverty and what you think about families that are financially vulnerable. When you see someone that is financially struggling, do you say, ooh, what poor decisions did they make? Or do you say, ooh, how did the system fail them? And so begin to interrogate yourself and really figure out where you're coming into the conversation and what it is that you believe. That's the first step. And then once individuals are truly interrogating themselves and understand what it is that they believe, then that's how action shows up as it relates to voting and change and regulation. So we have to interrogate ourselves first. And then with that honesty, we have to do better voting at the ballot boxes and actually put politicians in place that would go about changing the policies that we need so that we can all have better systems. Absolutely. Well, we are celebrating uh, women and women history. And so I must ask you, um, is there a particular woman in your life or not that motivates you? I have so many women in my life. That, that's such a good question. Thank you. <laughs> um, I have so many women in my life that motivate me. I am 
the granddaughter of Dr. Elsie Dorsey, who was a veteran of the civil rights movement. I am the daughter of Cynthia Dorsey Smith, who um, is my mom, and she's still alive and kicking it and well and living her best retired grandmama life. <laughs> um, and I have a host of aunts uh, um, and sisters and cousins that inspire me. But daily, I am inspired by the women of the Magnolia Mothers Trust and the women that we serve throughout Springboard Opportunities. These are some of the most courageous women that I know. They are funny and they show up in jo with joy and they go hard for their babies and they hold on to their dignity and grace under the backdrop of so much negativity. And so whenever I think that I am having a bad day, I'm like, you know what? You're not really having a bad day in the overall scheme of life. You know what bad days look like. Get over your feelings. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm inspired by lots of folks. I consider myself really fortunate in that regard. Well, your name undoubtedly comes up when we ask someone else, who is someone you look up to, and uh, undoubtedly you come up. And so if you could just look back and say something uh, to yourself when you first got involved and, and created these organizations, what would you tell that little person? Oh God, I will tell myself that you were created for a time such as this and where everyone operates in the space of what is obvious. You, my blessed child, operate in the space of what's possible. And so I would hold on to that. So awesome. I love that. We all need that little. That's it. That's it. We got to motivate. You got to be your own amen sometimes. So, yes. And and there are, um, like you said, we don't necessarily know the face of what poverty looks like. and um, and And we can just say someone needing help. Yeah. We don't know the face of that That's all the right. time. So there could be someone watching this that may feel insecure about mm -hmm. asking for help, um, but may need that help. Um, what do you say to them? You know, mm, there are so many individuals struggling right now. So that's a very good question. Thank you for that. And you're right. Um, needing help and struggling is we're at a place where honestly it probably is in every household. So I will say to that individual that you're not alone. Um, that's the one piece that we hear from our mothers time and time again when they have an opportunity to get together in community is how isolating um, poverty is or how isolated they felt. And so being able to be in community and recognize that they're not alone, they're not the only mother out here struggling, trying to take care of their kids. They're not the only one struggling with and fighting with the education system. They're not the only one trying to navigate X, Y, Z. So just really helping them to understand that they're not alone and that they're stronger than they recognize. So. Awesome. And you are a mother yourself. I am. I have two little babies. Um, I am the proud mama of two little delicious black boys. I have a 12-year-old Tandakai and I have a four-year-old Tandai. Yes, they are eight years apart. Anybody <laughs> don't do that. Have them babies back to back if you have having the babies um, or whatever works. <laughs> um, and they are so very, they're different little people. Um, Tandai knows he barely made it out of heaven. So he is going to give you the party, whether or not you even ask for the party, he's going to give it to you. And Tandakai is really focused and knows exactly what he wants. And he is working hard towards it, even at the young age of 12. Wow. And you're married as well. Girl, yes, I got a whole husband. <laughs> and I, I was trying to do the math before we started. I have been married 16 years. Congratulations. Thank, thank you for that. Yes, recognizing. So congratulations. <laughs> I have been married 16 years um, to my husband, Joseph, who I probably don't give enough credit to 
um, and just really all the work that I have been able to accomplish and that Springboard has been able to accomplish when Springboard turns 10 this year. And so when we were starting Springboard, it was a lot of work there, but particularly when we were really trying to get the Magnolia Mothers Trust off the ground with the helping people dream big about what it was that we were trying to accomplish. I was on a plane a lot and I was on a plane a lot with a whole baby at the house. Um, and so just shout out to the husband who held it down and shout out to my kids who went on a whole lot of planes with me too in the beginning. <laughs> so it's been good. And how have you managed to, to juggle it all? Prayers. I don't believe in juggling um, and I don't believe in work-life balance. I believe there's some hallmark stuff that they've come up with the sale cards. <laughs> um, I believe in harmony. And so I really try to make sure that I have harmony week to week. And so what that means is some weeks I'm a really good mama. And during that week that I'm a really good mama, I may just be an okay partner. The goal is to not be an okay partner two weeks in a row to try to bring it back to round and being a really good partner as well. So... But I get it wrong sometimes. And balls drop. And when they drop, I'm like, up, oh, grace, because the balls just fail. So, yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, it has been a pleasure having you. Thank you. You've learned so much. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. So thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of Dirty Napkins. I hope you have enjoyed this interview of Aisha Yandoro of Magnolia Mothers Trust. We want to give a special thank you to Oxfam for sponsoring this special series, highlighting women making a big impact in our communities. Now, listen, we want to stay connected to you. So be sure to follow us on all social media platforms. That's at Dirty Napkins. That's right, at Dirty napkins. Well, guys, that's my time. It's your host, Laura Nicole.